welcome to Masters of Divinity, and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm also here with Father Chuck. Hey, what's up? And as usual, Matt Wells. And I'm exhausted. And I'm your moderator, JP, as, as always. Welcome to Masters of Divinity. This is our second installment of Music Mayhem. Hey, guys. What's up? Not much, man. Just, uh, just, just, I'm just hanging out at home, uh, drinking my, drinking my fruit smoothie. Like I'm, like I'm that, trying to get swole. Is that your, your part of your morning routine? Do you guys have morning routines like, like Dexter? My morning routine is, um, is repeatedly say, oh crap, I'm running late. That's my, my morning routine. <laughs> what about you, Matt? I don't really have mornings right now, so my routine is to wake up and get ready for work. <laughs> cool. So today we are going to talk about... Now, now wait. Before you start that, because yeah. we're going to jump into a topic and we're going to get going, I have to let you know, my when I get home from work, I had a joyous routine when I got home at like 12.30 in the morning because I get off at midnight. Okay. Um, and that was Does this count as a morning routine? That was to sit and watch Silicon Valley. <laughs> ah, nice. And I caught up, and now I'm depressed. So yeah, I you know what I watched uh, I watched the latest episode without knowing it was the finale. Yeah, yeah. And I hate and it when that happens. Can we through it? So I didn't realize I was reaching the end until it was done, and there's yeah. no next time on. I know. And I'm like, no, wait a minute, I'm caught up. <laughs> Yeah. Now, so, since since oh, you bring up yeah. since you bring up television shows, Matt, uh -huh. maybe we should take uh -huh. a moment to comment on the absolute massacre that Fox had on its comedy programming this past week. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, was... well now now wait a minute because I don't know anything about that, so you're gonna have to fill <laughs> me in. But what I will tell you is, last night I got home, I had no no new episodes, so I was lost, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. It's dark, and I'm scared. So I started episode one again, because what else are you going to do? I needed my friends to make me laugh. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, I know what I'll give a try. And four episodes later, I have to say that I'm a fan of Cobra Kai. See, <laughs> yeah. I, I need to get YouTube red so I can watch it. I'm like, I'm like yeah. really Free. desperate to watch it free one month trial so there's no way on earth i'm not going to finish that thing in a stinking month i watched five seasons of silicon valley in four days so <laughs> yeah um cobra kai big fan well uh, great show i only watched the first two episodes but uh great show loved it so just real quick matt just to bring you up to speed um this past week Fox just like canceled like every one of their comedies like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Last Man on Earth, uh, The Mick, like just yeah. these really like critically acclaimed comedy shows, but did not have necessarily the best, um, like the biggest viewership. At it's least kind of what they're time. known for too, right? <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's also kind of based off of an outdated model of using Nielsen ratings rather than streaming data. But yeah, everyone knows that's out of date. Um, but Anyway, um, what made me think of it, Matt, because you're talking about Silicon Valley, which is a show that I really want to watch and I need to get watching. But I started, as a result of this, I realized I should probably get around to watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And that show is wonderful. It's great. I haven't watched it since, uh, like, the first two seasons, but I remember loving it. 
Uh, but it got rescued by Hulu. NBC. Oh, NBC. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was Hulu. No, no Hulu passed on it at the last minute. Right. I'm really hoping yeah, that Hulu will it up, pick yeah, up yeah, Last Man on Earth or something because man, that that show it ended on a cliffhanger and that's just not fair. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. <clears throat> All right. Well, you guys ready to jump into this? Uh, is Matt this because album? this is Matt's album? It's Matt day today. Um, I hope Matt, Matt has Matt, all of the background information that we need. Matt has nothing. I just <laughs> listen to music. <laughs> because I had all... Here's the thing. I'm usually the uh, uh, the research guy for these albums. And yeah. um, I had I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I couldn't... I found, I found a Rolling Stone review that was literally less than a paragraph long. <laughs> that did me, like, no good. Well, all right. It was I like in, in their archives. Nice. You're viewing this wrong. Yeah. You're, you're, you're viewing this wrong. I think that says everything. <laughs> it's apophatic. That's why, like, compared to, like, Fleetwood Mac, which made it, like, extremely easy to find information on, like, you know, the bigger the hits, the easier it is to research. Uh, so I'm guessing I have this a Wikipedia one. article, and that's it. Yeah, I read the Wikipedia. By the yeah. way, we haven't told our audience what we're talking about, even though if they've clicked on the episode, they should know what we're talking about. But that's okay. We should. Oh, well, this week we're talking about DC Talks Supernatural. Yay. Can I just say that this album inspired me to listen to a lot of Jesus Freak instead? <laughs> really? <laughs> that's funny. Um, I have to ask um, Matt we're ready to get into this um what is your relationship with this album my relationship with it um yeah well it was a it was the first cd i ever owned oh really because um i bought it and played it on one of those fun little discman player deals where you can't move while you're listening because your songs will skip so i don't think i didn't have the uh shock protection oh no this was this was before shock protection. Matt, this, this CD was... came out in 1998. You didn't own a CD yeah. until 1998. I I did not own a CD until 1998. I did not. No CDs for me. Wow. This was the first CD I went and bought. I gotta do an Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. Um. That's our story for the episode. But but you see, I always liked music, but I never bought music. Gotcha. It's just, didn't make sense you know at the time plus my parents were had of an interesting relationship with music growing up they're nothing like they were before but they had an interesting relationship with music so i definitely had no reason to go out and buy anything um because the options just weren't worth buying really when you say interesting relationship with music what do you mean they used to be very much against anything that was had any joy and fun in it um okay it's it's like uh you see, in our house, there was a progression throughout history. And back in the day, there was this really crazy, wild artist who came out with a song that was almost almost unbearably upbeat and rock and roll. And it was called King of the Jungle by Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> I knew it. Okay. I knew you were going to say it before um, you said it. That's amazing. That was... And that was, yeah, that was wild music, you know, and you really shouldn't listen to that. And this is actually, I guarantee you, this is 99% of Christian household story with music. Um, 
in that day and age when Stephen Curtis Chapman came out and changed to the yeah evangelical Christian is what I you know what I meant um it changed you know contemporary Christian music was becoming a thing at that point like before that they just had music now that's the CCM it kind of started with Stephen Curtis Chapman's King of the Jungle um and then the second song that was kind of like the changing point in Christian music was the song that just parents were flipping out over because who in the world would listen to such horribly awful noise and call it music and dare to say that it praised God and it was called Jesus Freak by DC Talk. Um, I, I'm and so the world was never the same. See, so. I, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that because one thing is I think when we talk about this album, Supernatural, we can't talk about it without talking about Jesus Freak because in a lot of ways it is in response to Jesus Freak. Um, right. I, I I actually think that they're very almost song by song, very much tied together. Um, this this album was very much a purposeful like follow-up slash throwback to Jesus Freak to the point where they um, sample the song in one of the other songs. Um, but I think if you lay out the song side by side and kind of see where the CDs go from start to end, they kind of correlate in a way that I don't believe was an accident, though I don't want to give them credit and say it was fully on purpose. If, if, you're, saying that, if you're saying that Supernatural is effectively the B-side to the Jesus Freak album, then I would agree with you. <laughs> that that is it's exactly it's exactly what i'm saying and to the point where to the point where jesus freak has a song um i gotta think of what it is now i got somebody pull up a track list for jesus freak because my computer put me back on my phone for the i can hook you recording. up with that can you give me just one minute oh well he's got the record so <laughs> Oh, I see. JP's got it all quick. I just pu- busted out my, I don't, I don't, uh, my vinyl it. copy of Jesus Freak. All right, what song are you looking for, Matt, on Jesus Freak? There's another one. It's not Jesus Freak, though that would make right, sense. Right, right. But there's like, um, I think it's maybe What If I Stumble. Yes. If I think it's that one that if you listen to it and then listen to the one on Supernatural that's all about like, you sold out and you're a horrible human being now because you're popular. Oh, you is mean that my friend? Yes. My friend or whatever. Okay. They tie together in a very odd way. Yes. Okay. Yes. When we get to the track listing and we start going by Samok song, I have to, I'm going to preface this. Oh, I'm no. obsessed oh, with no, this no, song. No, no. Oh, no, I'm no, obsessed no. with this song. Oh, no, no, no. Let... Okay. Okay. But let me, let me put a disclaimer on this episode. <laughs> I, I picked this album we are not going song by song. I can't take it. I will lose my mind. I will lose my mind. I will. Okay, but, yeah, but we need to talk about my friend. Yeah, we're just going to talk. This is not going to be a three-hour episode like Fleetwood Mac because I will not talk about this album for three hours. Uh, well, Okay, well, um, that, that leads me to my next question then, Matt. Why did you choose this album? Well, I will say I still enjoy listening to it. It just has to be very, 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 very few and far between. I'm yeah. talking like years before I hit play on this again, and it's purely nostalgia. Um, okay. There's a part, you know, the song uh, "Dive." Yes. There's this part in it where it does like the "I took," a, like the music stops and it does it. And all I remember is that was the first song that did like the stereo jumping from ear to ear, and how <laughs> cool that sounded on my headphones. 
It's like there's the, it brings back these. It literally brings back JP when I hit play. When I hit play on this CD, I am sitting at the campground at Lion Country Safari with my family in the summer, um, because that's where this CD takes me. That's why I like the CD, and that's my relationship with it. Um, and that is the full extent of my relationship with it. And we visit maybe every three to five years to say hi to each other. And then I don't talk to this music Whoa. for three to five more years until now when we're recording. Yay. Well, let me, let me, can, I just want to jump in real quick and say a couple things. Um, first is I, I was really surprised, Matt, when last week you said you wanted to do DC talk supernatural, because I really wrestled with whether or not I wanted us to listen to Jesus freak for this, uh, for this, <laughs> even both times, both times we've done music mayhem. I've thought about Jesus freak. So I think it's funny right. that you're the DC talk one. Um, but the other thing is, is I've owned this album since probably around the time it came out and have never listened to it. <laughs> never Did you get listened. it for free or something? Is that, no, like, I'm pretty sure I shelled out <laughs> cash for it. Is this one of those CDs they just hand you at the end of night of joy? Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I paid cash for it. I may have gotten it for free somewhere along the way, but I, um, like my, 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 my really good friend, Josh loved this CD when it came out. Um, and I think it just, it came out at this time where I was, I mean, my musical styling at this point, let's see, it's 1998. So I was really, I was really, really into punk rock <laughs> and ska. Uh, so why did you like this album? <laughs> I didn't like Oh, this. you haven't. No, never That's mind. why I never listened to it. I had it yeah. because it was sort of like, I love Jesus Freak. I remember Jesus Freak. Yeah, and I think yeah. I bought it in one okay. of those, like, those times where I was also kind of listening to non-Christian music, but was made to feel guilty for that. So this was sort of like to make up for it. And I bought it. I got you. Yeah. But I... When I played it this time, the title track, it reminded me like, oh, this just doesn't grab me. Like none of this grabs me. I didn't, I, I, I was text, I messaged Matt while listening to it the other day while I was on the train. I was on the tri-rail listening to it. And um, I, uh, I, the first point in which it really grabbed me, um, well, we'll talk about it when we get the track list. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I, yeah, so... I just I th one I think it's interesting that yeah. Matt was our DC Talk guy, and yeah. secondly, um, you, you, this gave me an excuse to finally getting around to listening to it. Okay, well then let's let's talk about our initial reactions. Do you want to go ahead, Chuck? Sure. So okay. I uh, just taking the whole thing into consideration, it is so different from Jesus Freak. Okay. Um, and like I disclaimer. Guys, I've actually I've never listened to any DC talk in my life. I haven't listened to DC to Jesus Freak at all. So like, just know that. <laughs> well, we all I've never listened. We all knew JP's the unsaved one on the podcast, so there's no surprise there. That's true. Yeah, that song, my friend, is is all about me. I understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you sold out for the big life, man. Exactly. Um, oh, that so, song. We'll get to it. Keep going. So anyway, so so. I um I will say that like, like I said I, I don't think you can talk about this album without talking about Jesus Freak so I love Jesus Freak um like I guess I I bought a vinyl issue of it um as part of its twentieth anniversary uh, release um I love I love Jesus Freak it's there's there's it's corny and it's audacious and it hits this very interesting spot. It does some very interesting things musically because they're combining rap with grunge rock, which wasn't super widely done at that point in 1994, 96, I guess when it came out. Um, 
think Ice-T might have been the only person doing it. <laughs> yeah, there's a few people doing it, but it wasn't, you know, so it was sort of a pioneering thing. Plus, like, it's got some very eclectic musical things going on. I think it's, it's just a very eclectic album. Jesus Freak, is cl- the song, is clearly cribbing from um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. But it's, um, but then it kind of does its own thing. I think it's got some very, you know, I just think it's got some very interesting stuff going on as a, as a record. Um, Supernatural to me sounds like they are bored out of their minds. <laughs> and it's no, I think it's no, I think it's no coincidence that this is the last DC Talk album. I think they were bored. And I also think that knowing what little I know about the CCM machine, and for those who don't know, CCM is Contemporary Christian Music, which is um, sort of an umbrella term for a lot of things. Um, but the, the headquarters of Christian music is in Nashville, as it is for lots of um, music. And this, to me, this record sounded like, to me, sounds like Nashville just, like, chewed them up and spit them back out. Like... Um, I think it's important to talk a little bit really quickly about the lineup of who DC Talk is. So DC Talk is three guys, uh, Michael Tate, um, Toby McKeenan, also known as Toby Mack, and Kevin Max. Um, and they, they are vocalists. And they started out as sort of the Christian answer to the Beastie Boys. That was kind of what they were supposed, that's kind of what they were doing. They're from Liberty University where they met. Um, but they quickly began to abandon their like Beastie Boys-esque hip-hop stuff um with um is it in the light matt no no in the lights a song off of d what's uh what's the what's the album that came out before jesus freak that's um matt matt you there did we lose matt matt are you there my phone keeps dropping out Uh uh-oh i'm trying to find another i'm trying to find somewhere where I have a good signal. <laughs> um, uh, free at last. Um, they came out with um, free at last, which is a little bit more adult contemporary and somewhat rock and roll. And it's done. Then they did Jesus freak, which is, which was the thing. But the, the point I'm, I'm, I'm making here is that as they began to shift their musical styles, they still remained as vocalists, but they are not instrumentalists. So all the instrumentation in their, in their music is with a studio band. And, So to me, Supernatural sounds like there was sort of the pressure that Forefront or whoever it was that produced the record was like, you guys have to put out a new album. It's been several years since Jesus Jesus Freak. You've got to put out a new record. Uh, They're all kind of bored and wanting to do something else. But then the studio is like, well, no, this is basically the record you're going to put out. Here are your musicians and here's the sound that we want. We, you know, the, the, the hip hop rock thing is passed. Everybody's listening to sort of electronic y space sounding rock. And um, and it sounds like somebody thought that U2's pop album was like the pinnacle of modern rock and was like, this is what you guys are going to sound like. <laughs> also, Newsboys had kind of become really popular in the Christian world. And this sounds a lot more like um, uh, Take Me to Your Leader. And so there's yeah. like that in there. And then there's like a couple of like there's one token punk rock song, which is um, terrible. Um, which one is that? Um since I met you. Okay. It's like a pop punky song um, that they still, I mean, you can hear their harmonies and their vocal stylings are very good in their, in their, in, in, throughout the record. But I just, I, I listened to it a couple times and I said, these guys are bored. They are bored. They don't have an artistic vision. They're not trying to, they're not saying anything. 
um, they're just putting out just like an obligation, like an obligatory record. And I think that's why they quit making music after this. They were just done. I mean, they, they have since each done solo work that is actually really pretty good in their own, in their own various ways. Um, Kevin Max's first solo album is fantastic. Um, um, Michael Tate is a, is a, a great gospel singer. Um, and he's now with Newsboys. Michael, Kevin Max frontlined um, Audio Adrenaline. So it's kind of funny that like, the rival bands have ended up having the DC Talk people in them. But um, um, I just, I, that's my, my first impression. They're bored. They are bored. And it shows mm. on the record. Interesting. Um, well, my initial thoughts were, well, this is, this is, my, this is basically my introduction to DC Talk. Oof. Except for the time, except for the, the Extreme Days single, that was for that Extreme Days but that's, movie um, with Rufio. But that you're thinking of Toby Mac. That's not DC Talk. That's it, Toby Mac. You're thinking not. we're living, we're living, we're living, we're living. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Toby Mac. And whatever. I mean, I, I mean, I might have heard some other stuff like in Matt's car or something, uh, or in other friends' cars and concerts or I don't know, whatever. Uh, but this is my first time I've ever sat down with DC Talk and gave it a listen. And it's about what I expected. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which is interesting because you said this is totally not typical of them. Um, and when I say this is what I expected, I, I, I mean, I, like, um, kind of reminded of like Amy Grant <laughs> yes. when she like you can't really tell if her songs are about like being in love with somebody or like if it's about god kind of like that south park episode about <laughs> yeah Christian that's actually music, prom I, songs for jesus i thought stuff. i thought a lot about that episode <laughs> listening to this um you know and and to, to be honest i had to listen to this album a couple of times because some of the songs really like kind of start to blend together for me yes um, a tour, so I can't really tell them all apart. Um, uh, like I, I'm not familiar with 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 each of these performers. Uh, the Toby Mac that you mentioned, um, it's funny that you mentioned both Newsboys and U2 because I feel like Toby Mac is doing this like really, he's just doing this Bono thing throughout the entire album. I I believe that's actually Kevin Max. That you're listening to, Toby Mac is he's the, he's the rapper in the group, and that's the thing. This this has no rap in it, which is weird because their whole career has been based on rap um, up to this point. But um, no, um, you're, that or Michael Tate, they're both like really like they're they're well, very strong well, vocalists. The reason why I, I wonder about that is I, I, I thought it was him because I, I did a quick Google search Toby Mac U two to see if he's like a big Bono fan or something. And uh, apparently he did a cover of Mysterious Ways, which is like okay, maybe basically what it, It's Killing Me was, right? Or was it Dive? That's basically Mysterious Ways. It kind of sounds like. Oh, I don't know. Right but now. maybe you're right. I, I guess that I don't, I don't know that much. But. <laughs> um, so that was interesting. Um, um, but the, re- the, the ones, the, mm, the song. We'll get to friend. the songs. We'll get to the songs, Jacob. <laughs> we'll get to them. <laughs> we have to hear Matt's Slow initial down. feelings. Slow down. <laughs> I, but it's like that's just like I wanted I, I to listen that. to that. No, no, okay, no we'll get right. to the song. We'll fine, fine, fine. There. Um, I'll just say um, I hadn't finished my first run through the album when you Chuck said that Red Letters was basically a Bond song. <laughs> totally got that. 
And that's all I could think of when, when I finally got to it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I was listening to it again. <laughs> and I was like, as I was driving, listening to it, I was like imagining the words, um, Albert R. Broccoli presents, like popping up. <laughs> like, words um, never hurt. So that I guess that the, those are my only initial thoughts. This is definitely, it, it was definitely what I was expecting to hear. Um, I feel like if, if you guys maybe had chosen Jesus Freak, then I probably would have been like, oh, wow, this is, yeah. Uh, but this is, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a Christian album. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not something I, I would have listened to because, it, it, like I said, it, it, it's all just sort of like really runs together. You know? Right, and that, um, that's what shocks me. I think that's probably one of the reasons why I just never got into it because it, it, there's, it's, it's almost wallpapery. I mean, there's some yeah. cool production stuff going on. It like Matt talks about dive, and there's that scene in that part of scene. There's that part in it where it's like play, like doing stuff with like the headphones. Like that's cool. And um, oh, what song? Um, the actual the, the title track, Supernatural, has some really cool like sounds going on in the background, like very spacey kind of um, sounds that are. I mean, that have a very big sound in headphones. And like, I mean, there's some really cool stuff that are that is going on in the album. Clearly, someone is trying to have fun. Yeah. Um, but it just, it doesn't feel like it ever comes together into a statement. Kind of, like Jesus freak is a statement. Like it mostly is from like a production standpoint that is just trying to do more stuff, you know, as, as opposed to lyrically and yeah on the page. Um, but, uh, but, but for the most part, you know, it wasn't terrible. Um, I wasn't like banging my head against the wall or anything. This is definitely something like, uh, something like I remember when, when Matt and I were in high school, like, and whenever we would take a field trip somewhere, they'd always have like a, I guess like a, a DVD or something of like all Christian music videos. This is kind of like what I imagine, you know, that sort of conjured up feelings that it's, oh, just, just, you know, some basic stuff that you listen to while you're in this environment. And, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so that's my, those are my, that's my initial thoughts. Uh, Matt. Um, my initial thoughts is they're bored. I was not, I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, no, I, I seriously, the, like I said, this, this album's a purely nostalgia trip for me every several years. And I hit play. And every time I hit play, I'm like, holy crap. I know every word, to every song. Um, because I take so long in between listens that I don't think I know any of them <laughs> until I hit play and I remember every single word. Um, but but I definitely think I 100% agree with everything you guys have said about this album. And that's that uh, listening now, it's it's just, it's 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 vanilla. It's just, it's vanilla. Yeah. What, what else yeah. do you say about it? It's vanilla. And sometimes... <laughs> And sometimes, you know, you want vanilla because you just want noise kind of playing in the background. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this has become to me musically. But when I hit play on it for that first time, every, I got to say, I, I love the, like I said, it takes me right back to a campground with my family. Um, but that is not because the music is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so I still I have a soft spot for this, but we're going to talk about um, the inner the inner workings of how that soft spot doesn't necessarily mean that I 
um, pl- place my stamp of approval on this album anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, it's but, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, it gets to a great conversation that I know we've, we've, we've sort of had a few times here on this show. Um, and that is that you about like you can like something and it not be and it not be good. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, I, you know, everyone on this show knows that I'm a, a fan of Tron Legacy, which is not necessarily good. Um, and or or good in any sense. But go ahead, carry <laughs> please, on. Special effects are very very good. Um, the 3D <laughs> effects are, are quite. And the, and you got to admit the production design awesome. And and of course, music mayhem. The soundtrack, son. Um, <laughs> but but I um. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with... with yeah, I, guys, Silicon Valley had a Tron 2 reference. Nice. <laughs> I don't remember. Just, just for the... It, Big Head becomes a professor by accident. He's like, I don't know what I'm uh, going to do. We're running out of movies to watch. We already watched Tron. He's like, you know there's two. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Big Head. Um, uh, him as Big Gulps. I mean, I, 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 I do agree with that. A lot of the album is vanilla. But I do think there's there's a few things we're talking about. Obviously, like because if it was vanilla, it would just be sort of, eh, like eh. There's nothing yeah, really to we'd say. Be, we'd already be done. Right. But I do. <laughs> we'd think, already be done. And man, there's things to say. There are things to say because I think there are a couple of highlights on the album. I think there's one legitimately good song on the album. Um, yeah, I think it's the same one I'm thinking of. So we'll get to it. And um, and obviously JP, JP and I as well have thoughts on. Um, so long, my friend, or my friend, so long, or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's obviously it, it's, you know, it's a good vanilla. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's sort of like your your vanilla, which is just sort of you know, the ice cream is white, but then the, you get like yeah. the vanilla bean, the vanilla yeah, bean this, ice cream, little black specks in. You're like, okay, yeah. that's 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 good vanilla. That's what this is. This is this is the French vanilla bean, <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> yeah, um, guys, I ring- guys. Guys, we are finding ways to rank an album in different forms of vanilla. That <laughs> sums up. That is pretty much where we could say, all right, guys, that's the episode. That about whitest, sums up perfectly. White, white, whitest, whitest podcast on the what internet. New, what new form of vanilla can we come up with to refer to this, <laughs> this, this mediocre album? <laughs> um you brought something up, uh, Chuck, about how we talk a lot about like something can be uh, bad, but we can still like it, um, or flawed, or whatever. It actually reminded me of something that uh, film crit Hulk tweeted out uh, a few days ago. If you don't mind me sharing it real quick, that's, that's I think it's pretty the, cool. You're the moderator. Uh, they, so it, it was. It's the uh, it was the 10th anniversary of the Speed Racer movie uh, a few days ago. Uh, wow. Pretty good film. Um, and film crit Hulk, film critic uh, types as the Hulk. Well, not really, not not lately. But uh, he loves the movie Speed Racer, and he's he was tweeting about it all day because it's 10th anniversary. And I guess he's writing something about it. a lot of other people writing something about it. And um, somebody tweeted as a response to his his tweets. Uh, someone re- someone tweeted, "I have watched this movie 10 times, but I don't know if it's great. But I know that I love it." And film crit Hulk's response to that was. Loving it makes it so. Never, never divorce your love of something for it being an error in object, uh, an objective quality. Movies are like people; they have faults. They are human. But what makes them special and important to us is what makes them so great. 
So by that quality, for Matt, Supernatural is great. <laughs> it is. It's about once every three to five years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so do we want to start talking about the songs? I mean, you said you didn't want to go by song by song. Yeah. No, no. You can go song by song, but I'm holding I mean, power. I, I think no, most I'm of them, I'm just going to be like, I don't remember that song. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, exactly. I think going song by song is going to be fine because there's only two songs we're going to talk about. So. <laughs> well, we can, spend an hour, we can spend an hour talking about the prelude. <laughs> it's a prelude. Uh, the pre- prelude, guys. The best intro? song on the best, that, That's the best song on the whole album. I don't know what Wait, the problem is. <laughs> but can, can, can I just point something out real quick? Uh, the song, uh-huh. the song of the truth. Um, Matt, did you know that that was originally recorded for the X Files soundtrack? Allegedly, if you look on the Wikipedia, okay, it says okay. citation needed. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't believe that at all. No, 100% don't believe it was recorded for the X-Files soundtrack. I'm willing to bet I Kevin Max, I'm willing to bet that Kevin Max went on his Wikipedia, went on the Wikipedia page and added that line. I, I 100% believe that they saw a promo for X-Files. I'm not even sure they watched X-Files because I don't think they're that cool. Um, but they saw a, a poster for it and went, guys, there's our next song. The truth is out there. It's the truth. The truth is God, and it's out there. Let's sing it. And that's how I Because I I, do, every time I listen to that song, I do believe it would fit on the X-Files soundtrack. (laughs) But um, it it was not, no, no, no. They did not have anything to do with X-Files. Don't don't you dare. Don't you dare, JP. Don't you dare. Here's, Here's what I think, Matt. I think you're right, but I don't think it was them. Because if you listen... If you listen to other records of theirs, you can find you, you learn that they are actually very good lyricists. Mm-hmm. And I guess they can be for I, sure. I, I don't think I, I, I am willing to bet. I would be I would put money on some producer basically being like, look, you have to have a song that talks about the truth being out there. The truth is God because the X-Files movie is coming out. And this could be you like this album feels like the Christian music juggernaut sort of telling them what they're going to do. MXPX. Well, tells, it, this, well let me tell the story. Al- so MXPX, okay, MXPX tells the story I've, I've, I, I read back in, I can't remember where I read it was in um, trans world. It was one of the trans world magazines, like trans world surf, trans world skating. They had like a transport, like a trans world lifestyle magazine fuse. Anyway, several years back um, they interviewed MXPX when um, I guess it was the ever passing moment album came out. And they were asking about their career, and they're talking to you, your guys are Christians, your Christian rock group, you know, what, uh, what, you know, what's going on. And they talked about how in the past they felt a lot of pressure from the record companies to include lyrics that they would, never, they would not otherwise include. Um, they, ta- they, they cite this one song off of Teenage Politics that cites um, um, uh, Corinthians, like a passage from Corinthians. And it's like every time I, they, they're like, whenever we hear it, we cringe. And after I learned that and I listened to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's cringy because it's, 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 it's very forced. And there's like a whole thing within the uh, Christian music world that's referred to as the Jesus per minute factor, um, where you have to talk about this stuff so often in order for it to be qualified for a Grammy um, and for the industry to endorse it. If you don't talk about Jesus, then it's not technically Christian. Um, there was a big deal. I don't know if it was the same year, um, um, or it was definitely around this time, that when um, Sixpence None the Richer, they recorded um, a cover of uh, the Lala's Kiss Me. And... Right. Um, 
um, it won like all these awards. Well, the grant, like the the Dove Awards, were going to um, we're going to acknowledge it, and really quickly, the um, the, the 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 Christian recording industry, whatever the, the name is, they changed the rules so that only songs that talk about Jesus could be included. Um, and ah. um, yeah, but um, anyway, so I, I I'm willing to put money on some record producer being, basically being like the kids. The kids are gonna love hearing that you know the truth is out there, but the truth is God. Like that just sounds like record executive, like sitting around a conference table kind of thing to me. A name that shows up on every track is a guy named Mark Heimerman. Um, so he he clearly had to write. He, like he wrote a lot of the lyrics. I'm wondering how again how much of this was like I don't know who yeah. this Mark Heimerman guy is. Maybe Mark Heimerman edited the page. <laughs> Um, so, all right, so let's dive into these tracks. Uh, let's start with It's Killing Me. <laughs> Starts off with Hello, Goodbye, <laughs> as, as you do, because why not? Because <laughs> it wouldn't have just been easier to say aloha. Just <laughs> say. Um, I, I, I don't remember this song. Uh, I remember okay, this. next song. <laughs> I mean, I can, do, should I play like samples of them just to jog our memory? <laughs> you can. There we go. Oh. I listened to this album twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Locustic. Okay. Ooh, little spacey sounds. It sounds exactly like the band Fold Zandura. Okay, it sounds better when you play it that way than it does listening to this album. <laughs> Alright, so that's that's it's killing me. Okay, oh. yeah, I don't No that for some reason now it's playing into Jesus. I didn't tell you to do that. Okay. Oof. That's that song was oof. <laughs> um Alright. So it's killing me. It it was a song. Next. <laughs> Yeah, dive. dive. It had it had cool headphone effects. Next. Yeah, is that is that the one? I'm it pretty was, sure that's it the was one. another song. <laughs> this is this is a song I would totally expect like I'm newsboys losing, yeah. to do. Okay, so dive. Uh, like like I, this is all those all these lyrics. Uh, I stuff that. I pretty much expected, you know, the dive is definitely about like, oh, like I, I took a leap of faith, you know, I, right. I you know, being a Christian takes a lot of faith <laughs> and like, <laughs> uh, kind of like, uh, can't say leap. So we'll replace that with dive. It's a bit more dynamic. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> also doing a lot of, <laughs> Are you sure it's not Toby Mac doing the like like doing the the, the Bono stuff like I, I I don't I can't say for sure that it's not but okay. I I mean we could watch videos of them singing to find out but I just know that Kevin Max's album uh, had a lot more of that kind of stuff going on when I listened to it but they're I mean they're all well, he I, I know Kevin Max does it too but he sounds more like seal that might be Michael Tate. And I'm not just saying that because oh, Michael Tate. Right, that, uh, and I'm not saying I'm that because Michael Tate up. is black. I, I'm just. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm getting them all mixed up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I found my bearings. Um, anyway, 
uh, yeah, there's some Bono stuff going on there that's kind of bothered me throughout the album. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do you have anything to say about this song? I, 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 I will say one one feature in this that really bugs me. It, it worked pretty well in a couple of songs in Jesus Freak where they did it, but they like doubled down on it in this album, and that is where Toby Mac does the whispering stuff in the song. Oh. <laughs> you know how like you know how, like one of the conventions of BC Boys rapping is that it's like somebody yells the final word of each sentence, like yeah, you know, in repeat. It's like they did that, but then like somebody whispers at the end of it. So it's it's like I took a dive, I took a dive. It's. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay. Matt? All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of here. Okay. Okay. He's like a ghost. All right. So you want to move on to Katsumi? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, same thing you kind of expect with Dive. Katsumi, obviously, like, you know, it's, it's definitely... I didn't even have to... Don't even really have to read the lyrics, right? Like, if a song called Consuming by a Christian band is going to be about how, like, God is all-consuming in your life, right? Yeah. Or it's, it's yeah, supposed guys, to be. Why don't, I, why don't I just save you time and t- let's just talk about the two songs we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I mean, if you want to do that, I, I have no problem doing that. Chuck? I, I'm, I'm, Unless, fine. I'm fine with that, too. Okay, let's talk about my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um what in the world actually God. really quick wait 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 before you right. get to that i want to talk about in consuming because i'm just looking at the lyrics okay all right because we're we're divinity podcast and and, and yeah. when i see questionable theology i have to point it out um i just never realized um i am in your hands under your command like a puppet on a string what that calvinist that's <laughs> that's that's not how you have your relationship with God. That's terrifying. This is kind of, this is sort of a weird lyric. Baptize me in your love. Okay, that's nice. Because drowning in the thought of you floods my soul. <laughs> I'm going to drown. I mean, the thing is, in, in the, the ancient conception of baptism is sort of that it is a pantomiming of death by drowning. So I'm, oh, not, okay. well. I'm not super bothered by that. But at the same time, I, I get it. Like, the whole language of being consumed and uh, it's just, I don't know, but the, the puppet on a string, man, like that one really, that, that's, that's not, that, that mess, that messes with me. Uh, <laughs> All right. I, and I do, I do have to comment. I do have to comment on one other song before we jump into one JP really one. Yeah. You joke around that they, a lot of times it's hard to know if they're singing about God or about some girl that they're in love with. Um, yeah. So DC Talk did finally just flat out write a song about a girl they're in love with called Godsend. And it's um, terrible. And it's an awful song. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just had to comment on that. <laughs> Moving along. Um, okay, R- please, let's talk about my friend. I am dying to talk about this song. It was, right, because... first of all, yes, because one, they're trying so hard to be newsboys on this song. Yes, uh, Newsboys or Smash Mouth <laughs> or yeah. or whatever was going on in the 90s at the time that inspired this kind of music. I just want to know, the what best, are they doing? Best, the best part about this song, in my opinion, did you research who it's about? No. Is, is it about Jars of Clay? It is about a mythical fourth member of DC Talk oh. who did not exist. Um, and so, when... 
asked, the only article I could find said that when asked, DC Talk and their their uh, producers and stuff verified that there is no fourth member. But people still didn't want to believe that because they want to believe that they are legitimately telling somebody so long, my friend, because you sold out and went to be popular. Is this so? Is this their? Is this, this is, their? This is their. Paul is dead. Really? No, yeah. no, it's it's not even that. This is like, guys, wouldn't it suck if we had a member in our band and they all of a sudden like sold out? Yeah, let's write a song about that. <laughs> It's just a hypothetical. Like so it's, it's that all I could find is that it supposedly was 100% a made up story. So, here's here's a thing. It's it's basically a forward from your grandma in song form. Guys, it it's always a good idea in the Christian world to make up people to be angry with. <laughs> so, well, actually, I have it on I have it on good authority. This is this may get us in trouble. But I do have it on good authority of someone who, in, who, who we all know very well, who will remain nameless, who had a band and toured with DC Talk and okay. had some very unflattering things to say about them in terms of their backstage and um, after show behaviors, including the use of illicit controlled substances. <laughs> and during the time that this was all going on. So is that fourth member actually like there could be some good psychology uh, going on here that that fourth member is actually the collective part of all of them um probably but or or the hallucination that was caused by the drugs they were on and legitimately <laughs> they thought there was a fourth person <laughs> <in the band. laughs> whatever happened whatever happened to Mel, guys i don't know he probably sold out guys guys this is spot the cocaine in the DC Talk album. So it's maybe it's about the lighting guy. It's <laughs> the lighting guy. He's the back. Lighting guy. So long, my friend. Oh, my so long. Enjoy, um, enjoy, Christine McVie. I uh, here's the thing: is when I Kana Kana had play, had like a collection of of, of uh, like a mixtape, like old high school era mixtape, like mix CD thing. And we were driving to Tampa several years ago. She put it on, and this song came on it. And she said, uh, "She said, oh yeah, this." Because I was like, "Who is it?" She said, "Did DC talk?" I'm like, "Oh, is it off Supernatural?" Because I never listened to Supernatural. Yeah. And um, and she said, um, and she said, "Yeah." She's like, "This song's about MXPX." What? <laughs> she was, okay. Apparently, there's a there's a See, thing out there every... that this is about when MXPX um, signed with A and M Records and went mainstream. That this was See, them guys... calling them out for it. Guys, this song is masterful because it legitimately is fake and therefore could be anybody you want it to be. That's true. So you can say, you can tell anyone, so long, my friend. <laughs> you know what it is? This is a Jerry Falwell song because they're, they're from Liberty and Jerry Falwell and his ilk, they love to create like these mythical people out there for us to be angry about. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a Jerry Falwell song. Well, and it also, Oh, there's this Christian... Uh, who sold out. And this is what we would say to them. Yeah. Yeah. It also brought it brought to mind when uh John Piper said farewell, Rob Bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the same same thing. <laughs> or like um I like um around the same time, uh Joy Electric, who is a uh a Christian musician that I really like, who's an electronic um synthesizer beep boop sound um musician. Um he wrote an album uh, he put an album called Christian Songs, 
And he did that because he said he felt that a lot of the Christians that were recording uh, at the time were very embarrassed of their Christianity. And so he wanted to make an overtly Christian album sort of in response to that. So I'm kind of curious to think about like what all was going on in the Christian music world at this time. Like there seems like there's definitely an identity crisis and this, this album somewhat reflects it. And this song definitely captures it. Like this anxiety around well, one, mainstream one, play and like this, cause and, and like you pointed out, Matt, like this is the song that samples Jesus freak. Right. And because. it, and it, and it somewhat sounds like they're talking to themselves about the fact that like, um, uh, between you and me off of the Jesus Freak album got a ton of t- of like secular radio airplay and a lot of people like concerned about oh no now they're going to become part of the world they're going to lose their christian identity they're going to and that was like a legitimate anxiety for a lot of christian music people at the time hmm interesting when 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 did the song flood come out uh flood came it was like 96 or, uh, well, uh, probably earlier than that because um, it was recorded for their Frail album. But um, let's see. I remember hearing it on the radio in '96, '95, '96. It came out in 1995. It was recorded in '95. Okay, um, and then when did it hit and become mainstream and popular? Let's see. I, mean, um, I remember hearing it all the time when I was like in middle school, like in the. Uh, yeah, Seventh. that album came out in 1995. Okay. Jars of Clay self-titled album came out in 1985. Because reason I'm asking is that's the song that I very much remember causing this uproar in the Christian community. Yeah. And that's when it's like, oh, they're not a Christian band anymore because their song is on the radio. And you can see them on MTV and VH1 and blah, blah, like, yeah, it's literally it is if you take the thought and argument that was going on around the song flood and listen back to the song, it's talking about everything you heard said about oh. um, that. One one of the lyrics is I saw your video on VH1. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. I saw your video on VH1, read your interview in Rolling Stone. Um, which I mean, guys, we yeah, all know through the VH1. boys a bone. We all know VH1 was the pinnacle of success, um, <laughs> not MTV. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, I, 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 I want when your video got on pop up video. That's how you know. You yeah. made it. Well, that's the thing. I really want to. That's the thing. I would love to analyze that lyric because that's a very specific lyric. And yeah. if I remember correctly, VH1 was more likely to play Christian artist videos than MTV. Oh, of course. Was. And so I'm I'm actually thinking that there might this 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 may in fact have been a call out to Jars of Clay, but they were but then like Jars of Clay like has really doubled down on being like a worship band like since this. Right. And I'm almost wondering if they were like, oh, well, we spoke too soon. So it's actually about this. Um, um, mythical fourth character but i get but then there's this whole one two three four thing i I don't know because i mean it because i mean it totally makes sense that in the christian world something happens and it takes three years to respond um so wouldn't surprise me that there (laughs) that flood came out in 95 and it took till 98 for a response (laughs) (laughs) so i I mean and i just and just just the sound of it like it's so it is. It, it it really is like to me like the worst parts of the nineties. Yeah, because they had that well, kind it, of obnoxious it, voice, right? Is this one where they have like the really like nasally obnoxious voice in it? Yeah, kind of like what Everclear was sort of doing. Yeah. Or but that. They, um, I heard yeah. your record on the telephone. 
telethon. It was my cousin Joan. She picked the song it up has and a soul that's patch that okay, the, then. Yeah. This is, it's an embodiment of a soul patch. Let's just... I, I yeah. will say I literally listened to the song. This is all I know, and this is 100% honesty, and you can yeah. tell me how my mind did it. But I listened to the song, may or may not have kind of laughed my way through it, and then for the rest of the day, had All Star stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like a Smash Mouth song. You know what? Yeah. When did Smash Mouth's album come out? Did it come out in 98? Uh, 97. Yeah. Eight. That's what they're capturing. It's yeah. that Smash Mouth sound. <laughs> it's that weird 90s sound. That kind That's of spacey. somewhere spacey, ska-ish, grungy, but like really poppy grunge like i can't even really i can't describe it, it, it it's 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 like something you easily hear on uh you know on uh well, 106.1 like, because like jesus like, jesus freak sounds like the kind of album that you would hear being played like in a coffee shop somewhere like aside from yeah. the title track and the more aggressive rock tracks most of the song sounds like it's very like mid 90s a lot of striped sweaters um, people sipping coffee out of obnoxiously large mugs while listening to like acoustic versions yeah. of, of colored people and stuff like that. This album, <laughs> I, I imagine that everybody is wearing that like, basically their clothes come from Gadzooks. Do you remember Gadzooks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only 90s. Lime green, lime green silk shirt, maybe. Your belt is a car seat Bleached belt. hair. The car yeah. seatbelt belts. I had one. I was very proud of it. I also had um, a shirt that was um, metallic silver um, with like reflective hologrammy things in it. I looked like I yeah. belonged in the video for Groove is in the Heart. <laughs> spirals all over the shirt. Yeah, a lot of spirals. Like that. Oh, I, I totally I totally wore the bowling shirts with the like leopards, like snow leopard panels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. I never owned all one right. of anime characters on yeah, the Guys, this this song annoys me so much <laughs> i'm reading i'm reading the lyrics again while you guys are talking about seatbelt belts and bowling shirts i'm um reading through the lyrics again and it's just it's so annoying i mean it's it is the pinnacle of that idea that if you're a christian and you're popular then you're obviously not a good christian <laughs> because nothing in these lyrics Nothing in these lyrics in any way, shape, or form hint toward the person actually doing something that we would consider wrong. It's just, <laughs> they went it's just, you're popular, so obviously you sold out. That's right. all it is. It's 100%. It is, it's, I, I mean, I just, I'm just going to go through some of the lyrics, guys. I can't help, help it. He's talking to his cousin Joan, and she picks up, she picks you gotta hear this album up off. She picks it off the top 40 rack and hits play. And then they saw an interview that, hey, look, this guy's in Rolling Stone. And it's like, you never meant to hurt us. We're just a baby band. You found a quicker way to scale the wall of fame. And then it's just like the rest is, yeah, you're gone because you're popular. Um, Have you guys watched... It's I I remember when you used to say Jesus is away. I never thought I'd see your light begin to fade, but it only faded because his video was on VH1 and it looks like they spent a ton of money on it. Um, so apparently that means his light faded. I'm actually wondering if this is about Charlie Peacock. 
<laughs> did, did you guys? That doesn't even see. That sounds like the mythical fourth character. <laughs> the right, mythical did, fourth character is Charlie Peacock. <laughs> did you guys watch? Happen to watch the music video? No, there's a music video. Oh yeah. Probably should have mm, done look that. For it. Probably should have done that. Um, it, it, it's basically. Um, it's an, an ambulance pulling up to a hospital and fans are like rushing it and they pull out out of the ambulances like one of the band members and like the silk shirt wearing like sunglasses as if like they like passed out on stage at like a concert or whatever and the fans follow them to the hospital but the other band members are holding the gurney pushing them into the into the hospital but they keep cha- they keep switching places like it's like whenever the next person sings, they're the ones in the gurney wearing the same outfit and stuff, and they're all like switching out as they're singing. And it's really and it's like just from 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 like the ambulance to like the operating room, and then um, the 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 interlude in the song, the the the, the quote unquote solo, like some like four dudes come out with a white sheet and they do this Russian dance in the operating room and they cover whoever was there with a white sheet, and I guess that means they died. I don't know. It's it's it, it was um, I don't know. <laughs> it was something. It was something. You know. I mean, this is as Matt pointed out. This is definitely this might be a whole. Uh, this might be a good topic for a whole episode just to investigate that that time period because we talk about posers and the, con- the concern about being a poser, which is a big thing in the mid nineties, mid to late nineties, yeah. and that with Christianity, this took on like a whole other dimension, like in the evangelical Christian world, because yeah. like you said, like there's this desire to like, oh, we got to get our music out there to reach the world, right? The the the, the, the scare quote world, but then once it got accepted by the world, it was like, oh, you've done something wrong. Right. Well, it's it's Which also is weird. the same. It's also the same mentality of like mega churches are evil and they're obviously well, horrible. They so how do we get more people to come to our church? Yeah, yeah. Like, I um, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, no, you're probably uh, right. You're probably right, and I've been guilty of that myself of saying that kind of stuff. Um, a, but like, I was just thinking because like as I was just uh, sorry, just, as I was talking about because um the reason I was thinking of Charlie Peacock because in the light, which is my favorite song off of the Jesus Freak album, was a song originally by Charlie Peacock. Charlie Peacock um, was a legendary Christian music producer and musician in his own right, and he went mainstream. And I thought that I remembered that Charlie Peacock produced the early DC Talk albums, and I was almost wondering if that's sort of where they're going with it is that. This was somebody who, because like we were just a baby band, you never meant to hurt us. Like I'm wondering if that's because it sounds to me like it's almost like hearkening back to someone who got who helped them get their start, that has now gone mainstream. Um, but then as I was reading about Charlie Peacock, I was reminded of Amy Grant, who went, who would have been on VH1 because VH1 was oh, an totally. adult contemporary station or TV channel, and that was something that a lot of people. In the Christian music scene, they did not like Amy Grant going mainstream. They thought right. she was too... And then she got divorced. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if, if somebody who... If, if this Mark this Mark Hassel, Heiselman, whatever his name is, had like a grudge against Amy Grant or someone. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Well, do we want to move on to another song? Sure. Uh, what was the other one that was kind of sticking out? I want to talk about, and I think Matt might agree with me. I don't know, but "Want to Be Loved." I think "Want to Be Loved" mm-hmm. is a very good. It might be the 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 best song on the on the record. Is that it's, the gospel song? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's fun. It has a good universal message. 
Um, the it, it, I think I'm I'm pretty sure it's a Michael Tate track. Um, it fits with it fits better with the the general like the best of DC Talks aesthetic, which is a combination of like soul, gospel, hip hop type stuff like um, that gets inter, that gets inter, in, inter, if like Jesus Freak has some of this stuff in it, and that's what I think helps make the album what it is. Um, this song is what takes that that concept and that sound to the next level. I feel like the entire record of Supernatural should have sounded like I Want to Be Loved. Um, it, it's catchy. I have the song in my head even as I'm talking about it. I've listened to it several, several times. Um, so I really, I think it's the breakout track on the record. Uh, the only thing is, and it's got some bad production, and the bad production is that random part toward the end of the song where the guy's like, oh, yeah, this is a party life, party people everywhere. There's my boys. Yeah, what is that about? That is about I nothing. I don't understand why they put that in there. It makes me so mad. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the song. It says nothing. It contributes nothing. Someone should have said, yeah, no, keep that out. Yeah, it, it's that, and that, that's got to be, that's Toby Mac, right? I think it is Toby Max's voice. That's yeah. got to be that. That's got to be him. That's his kind of thing. And yeah, it's just it has no play. It's, it's yeah. It's all just... yeah. Now this is what I call a party. Party people everywhere. Look to my left. There go my boys. Hold up, fellows. Hold up. Wait. Hold up, fellows. <laughs> and that's what it is. It has wait, nothing wait, wait, wait. To do with the song. Wait. Is that is he in the voice of the? hypothetical the fourth, fourth member, member that got left the other guys are leaving like wait hold on guys hold on wait 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 that was them no. leaving the drugs behind man that's the voices in their head <laughs> i'm drifting into popularity that's literally they slipped out and one of them was voicing the voices that they were hearing in their head while singing the song and somehow it got left on the track i feel like there is a song that references a story in the bible about the, the pool, the pool of, Bethesda. of Bethesda. okay so Would that there, be I think there is a, supernatural? I think there possibly is Maybe. a, a magic. Be. Oh, you know what? Line. I think it is supernatural. Um, so I couldn't answer you when you were asking because my phone was not working at the time. But yes, I think it's in there. I thought there was a oh. anyway. I thought there was a drugs line in this. Um, not in well, this. Love line. is a thing that we all crave. Let's get it straight. I don't know, but um, I thought it was a fun song. I don't know if you had any feelings on it, JP. Not really. Okay. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, yeah, it's, I, I, I think noticed the shift suddenly in uh, style. There, oh, this there, one is a bit set apart. Guy, these songs, if, if anybody's listening to this episode and you're like, I've never heard this album, listen to these two songs, listen to my friend and listen to we all want to be loved. Those are the only two you need to listen to. And listen to how they are completely polar opposites, both in message and the fact that one sucks so beyond belief. <laughs> and the other one's actually kind of fun, with the exception of the part we talked about, that when you hear it, you will roll your eyes and say it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, it's it's like the in sync moment in Space Cowboy where the guy starts talking. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. Um, but yeah, I love that no, song. but but one is saying oh, you got a little taste of fame and you're like the flavor for a spell. So obviously you've lost your Jesus freak mentality and you've sold out because now you're cool. And then this song is like, you know what, guys, we all just want to be loved. So let's just figure out how like we can we all share in common that we just want to be loved. Like yeah. they're two polar opposites in message and every like it's very confusing. Um, 
one is like yeah if you go out looking for popularity and looking to to achieve things and get to know people and all that, you're a horrible human being and the other one is like no let's have a little understanding in the fact that right. we're all we're all just out trying to be loved that's why i said um, like that's why i said this album doesn't feel like it makes a statement it's just a collection of songs um quick question i'm looking at the wikipedia page and i'm looking at um the track listing where it tells you the writers for each song on my friend it credits the three dudes but there's this name mark hudson is that uh oh, is that is that that's, that's not heimerman it's no. mark hudson oh okay and that's the only song that he's contributed to is there a link to him no hmm we're gonna look kind of makes up. you wonder if this is like written by somebody outside of the band, and then uh, I don't know. Well, there is a there is a Mark there is a Mark Jeffrey Hudson who is a record producer who produced for Cher, Ringo Starr, Aerosmith, Scorpions, Ozzy Osbourne, Hanson, Harry Nilsson, and Nilsson and the Baja Men. <laughs> what? Well, that, I, I, to be honest, I mean, this song kind of fits that pantheon pretty well. Um, so maybe maybe he's just a producer and he's credited as a writer on Wikipedia. What song is this? Are we talking about for "Want to Be Loved"? No, my friend. My friend. I'm trying to look up if he if this. I don't know if this is the same guy because nothing with DC Talk is showing up here. Okay. All right. Well, just it's okay. Um, this is a quick aside. <laughs> we don't like, it's so okay. We don't, we don't need to talk about this anymore. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, I want to be loved. It's it's it, it's definitely very different from I, the, I, the rest of the album. To be totally honest, um, and then after that is the truth. We talked about that. Now that the uh, potential X Files song. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is it is an X Files song. Somebody wrote it for X Files. It just was not written for the soundtrack in the way that you were saying. Yeah, but it, there is no way that this song I mean, was not. I'm just saying what I read on Wikipedia. Okay. There is no way that this song was not written as a response to X-Files. It, it is, with the exception of the word holy, one time mentioned in the song, if you literally took a pen and put a line through the word holy, it's X-Files. Okay. It's, it's, it just is. It's, it's X-Files. It's all, it's like, the truth is out there. It's going to come to light. People are going to have to face it. Um, it'll set you free. It, 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 it's it, it, but but the way the feel to the song it was 100 percent somebody saw x-files and was like i've got a cool idea it's also wrote this song it's also gnostic <laughs> it's uh spirit body dualism it's heresy so that's all that's good too uh, say what you want but you've got to believe there's a dimension that eyes haven't seen like god lives in this other dimension and there's a spiritual realm that's in it that's yeah that's that's gnostic anyway that's not true no I mean, not for Orthodox Christianity. There's not an invisible realm where angels and demons are having Marvel-style set-piece fights, and whatever outcome is is whatever my emotions are. Uh, are you are you referencing on um, this present darkness? <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> um. Now. No, no, okay, all right. And that's what we can see. We'll, we'll talk about that with Supernatural, too, because that, uh, that, that's, that song touches some of this. I, I, I mean, I could go on and on about the bad theology in a lot of this, in a lot of this music. But um, can we talk well, about okay. Since I Met You for a moment? All right, go ahead. Um, you talking to me? I'm talking to... What? You talking to me? Oh, God almighty. That's the lyrics. I, yeah. I, <laughs> you call I, me crazy. 
you call me crazy. You think, crazy? You think I'm crazy? I um, this <laughs> I'm song. Saying, I'm repeating it five times. This song crazy. sounds like because at this time, MXPX is popular. I think Reliant K is coming on the scene. Uh, the Supertones, which are used to be a ska band, were popular, mm-hmm. and it sounds to me like they were like, you know what? This alternative punk stuff is very popular with the kids these days. So, hey, DC Talk, how about you guys record a punk song, a pop punk song? And they were like, uh, okay, sure, whatever. Um, and that's what it sounds like to me. Um, it's got some good harmony work in it. I won't lie. It's catchy, but oh gosh, it's so, it just, it sounds every, it just, again, indicative to me of this whole album that it is just the product of a bunch of Christian record executives that are like, we're going to turn out something that'll sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. I think that's more evident in the next song, but we'll stick to this one. Oh gosh, um, yeah, the next song—that's another one. I've, I've, I've skipped it. Um, <laughs> I skip it whenever. Yeah. What, what was what was the next song? Into Jesus. Into Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a very unfortunate on. song, but we're, but we're sticking. I mean, I, I, we'll get there. Um, hey you, hey you, I'm into <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that's, honestly, that's like, I can, I can, we can, we can move on. I just had nothing to say okay, about right. I into Jesus. It's it's solely the quota song, right? It's the one that gets played at all the Christian radio stations. Like, actually, can I right? back up? I got to back up real quick. Since I met you, I just got to back up again. Okay, it, it fits into that terrible, that terrible sentiment that was popular when we were growing up. That we heard so many like traveling preachers say, where they would basically say like, "My life was garbage until I met Jesus, and now everything is fixed." Because that's right. what the song's about. Mm-hmm. And also, and since I met you, I've been all right. Is that really? I've been all right. I met Jesus, and now I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. That's just all it's I am. I'm all right. I li- it's fine. I listened it's to this fine. album, and it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> since I've heard this, it's been all right. <laughs> you got me feeling like a million bucks. Some people write it off as Irish luck, but I know better because my rabbit's foot never did me a bit of good. What is that lyric? <laughs> prosperity gospel first of all um and then G- god is luck that's what god is god is luck he's the same thing hey as luck. hey hey you i'm into jesus <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm done i could i could just i'm done i'm done we can go on to i'm sick and tired yeah Guys, that's right i'm talking on. to you sick and tired i'm sick and tired of this song Go on. I, I think we could wrap up i'm just saying i'm i think well we've been I, over, I really want to dissect this song so. I really want to dissect the song into Jesus. What do you think they're trying to say here, Chuck? <laughs> you know, I'm not. I, I, I'm not really sure. All right, all right. Hey, um, hey, you, hey, you. I'm into Jesus. You know, you know. Here, here's here. I'm going to say something. The English language <laughs> was shaped by by three important things. Okay. Hey, you. The King James Bible, <laughs> yeah. the 1667 Book of Common Prayer, and the works of Shakespeare. Uh-huh. All three of these things, Christian, very Christian, profoundly Christian. Um, Shakespeare? The Renaissance. Yeah, Shakespeare's Christian. The, uh, the, the Renaissance <laughs> was... Um, <laughs> was largely like the art and literature of the Renaissance rooted in Christian iconography and imagery. Some of the best visual art that has ever been produced was the works of Michelangelo and others, all producing religious things. The poetry of George Herbert, who was an hey, Anglican you. minister, 
fantastic. Hey, you. C.S. Hey, Lewis. I'm into Jesus. J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> uh, I could keep going on. But no, no. We have to deal with this. This hey, is yo, what our Lord I'm and Savior Jesus. inspires. This is supposed to be the pinnacle of art. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like Je- the song. I, I sure Jesus much, appreciates it. I yeah, really do. No, no, no. Much like the song, I'm going to believe that if I keep interrupting you with, hey, you, I'm into <laughs> Jesus, I will convert you to Christianity. <laughs> so you just keep trying to talk, but hey, you, I'm into Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hey, you, I'm into Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hey, you, this kid is back. One time, one time Jesus bled. On the third day, he rose again. Can I get a witness for the things he did? Ah. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm into <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, okay. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're into Jesus. Um, I, thought, I thought they established <laughs> oh, that much yeah. better when they said, um, um, will people think I'm strange or people think I'm strange. Does that make me a stranger if my best friend was born in a manger? Um, does it, does it make me a stranger? Does it make me a stranger that my best friend was born in a manger? Um, that is the, that is a lyric from Jesus freak during the bridge of Jesus freak. They established pretty effectively in a much superior song that they are <clears throat> into Jesus. Hey, you, yeah. Hey, you, <laughs> I'm into Jesus. Oh yeah. Um, Okay. So that's all the time we had today, guys. <laughs> no, no, we have to talk well, about Supernatural. Well, we have to. Okay. We also okay, talk, talk about, about There is a Trees in at Sea because... Do we, do I, that's what I was about to, to say. No, I no, do no. not want to end this on top of There is a Trees No, no, I take it back. Because I, I don't know what the... We also have to, we also have to acknowledge Red Letters because <laughs> it is a... Come on, Matt. You are the Bond fan. Agree with me. It is, it is no, a it is, Bond it is song. A, it is a Bond song for sure. I, I it's a Christian Bond song. See, it is. It is. It, yeah. What is apparently the thinking that fourth, behind that? Apparently, the fourth member of that band was turned out to be a Bond supervillain because <laughs> they got the theme song. I mean, what's the thinking? I mean, I, I would love to psychoanalyze this, like because uh, Bond well, cool. is can sensuous, I, can I, can I, uh, very like promiscuous. Is that like their way of seeing God? I just, I'm fascinated by it. I, I have a kind of a theory. It, it actually reminded me a lot of um, the Newsboys song, uh, Entertaining Angels. No, no, it didn't. Because no. Entertaining oh, well, Angels is a kid. good song. <laughs> it, no, it's a great song. But like it felt, to me, it felt like this is like what they were trying. That, that's what they were trying to accomplish. I feel like Probably. a lot of this stuff, Probably. it really is a lot of, a lot of copying of what's popular and what's working for other people. And specifically other and, Christian artists, because Newsboys was, like, exploding at the time. Yeah. And there's a lot of I, – I hear a lot of Newsboys influence in this Oh, song. totally. Totally. And uh, Red Letters, I, I to me, that it's kind of like – it's like their ballad. You know what it, I mean? It's their, it's their, like, Newsboys, Jars of Clay kind of song. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it sounds like a Bond song. <laughs> it does. I mean, tell me, I listen won't disagree to it, with you on listen that. to it, and imagine what that title <laughs> sequence looks like. It's hilarious. You can play it over the PowerPoint in church. It, it would... <laughs> I just, like I said, I, I, listen to it, I, I expect to see Albert Broccoli presents. I say it's a it's a Bond song, and the title sequence to me in my head is a playoff Red Letters and Red Light District. <laughs> oh God, oh, no! Okay, you went there. I didn't. <laughs> well, hey. It's a you said a Bond song and the title sequences in Bond. What yeah, are yeah. they? They are, so they are, that's they are, what I see a playoff of. They are bullets see, and naked ladies. Yeah, naked <laughs> ladies, and I see the letters being the red lights. Can with we the ladies dancing around? Can we put it to our so, listeners? Red. 
that we would greatly accept anyone who redoes a Bond credit sequence to Red Letters. <laughs> make that a meme. Can we make that a meme? I'm for it. <laughs> um, what did you want to say about Supernatural, Chuck? I thought it was actually an okay song. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 the, the thing is, is that, so there is a band from BEC um, Recordings, um, which is another Christian band, kind of obscure. I have a vinyl of theirs. I've had it for a really long time um, called Fold Zandura. They're very like electronic, fast, kind of techno-y rock band. Um, yeah. They had a song called Deep Surround um, that was kind of popular um, in its time. And I feel like uh, this song is cribbing on their sound. In mm. fact, I will play it for you. Okay. I should have Here it. Here we go. Um, if I can find it, give me a second. I have to. I can't. Sometimes I delete things off my. Um, here we go. Okay, here's Deep Surround. That 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 ocean sound is part of the song. It does that a little <laughs> okay. bit. It goes around a little gotcha. bit. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Like from the hacker soundtrack. Running on to okay, so to me, that sounds an awful lot like. <laughs> this world's a tortured place to be. So Seriously, what I don't know. Panting? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I just. I just want to hear the guitars because you got it. Here we go. But I can see it coming. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not the same. I don't know. But I, in my head, it sounds like I hear that like wee sound in the background of all their songs. Anyway, just want, just wanted to be over. I, as I listen to that song, I'm like, this sounds like the title. This sounds like a song that plays over the opening credits of a TV show. Yeah, I'm surprised actually or, that it's not the title song of the show Supernatural. I did learn apparently that it was used in some anime. All right, that's, that's on the Wikipedia page. Maybe like during like a sports montage or something, extreme sports montage, skaters and stuff, and snowboarders. Yeah, which I mean, it's, it's a fitting thing to say that most of this album sounds like it should be playing in the background of something else. Yeah, <laughs> it's background music. All right, so what's up with this poem? <laughs> uh, so this poem at the very end of the album. I, I'm going to call that that that, that is um, Toby Mac, but I could be wrong. Do we have a Do we have an author for that on the Wikipedia page? It's a Kevin, Kevin Max. Max piece. That does not surprise me at all because it is pretentious. Um, I so I I, um, Sorry, I listen to this song. I listen to this album on YouTube, and you know it, it's not like the actual album. It's just like a playlist of all the songs that are on 
right. the album and they're played as a playlist. And the very last one, this this poem, uh, there is a treason at treason at sea. Um, it it wasn't just an audio track. Someone had made like a music video. Oh gosh, really? And like it sort of featured like it was definitely something that somebody made, probably for like their youth group. <laughs> and oh, it had like images of Jason Bourne in, in the ocean, floating in the ocean. Oh my gosh, really? And like it kept cutting to the image of the album. Can you please share this on our Facebook page? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that was my experience with this uh, with this poem. Oh, that means that somebody listens to it and is like, "This is their this is their identity. Like this song is their spirit animal. Like they are they are so into this and they think it is deep and rich." Oh, I hope that that person is listening to our podcast right now. <laughs> Because, like, um, um, I can introduce you to some good poetry. Um, I, so he wrote this. Kevin Max wrote it, and it doesn't surprise me. I, Kevin Max, I, I mentioned him being pretentious. Of the of the three, he seems to be the one with the pretentiousness. Um, if you, I, I really like his first album, but it is, and I've read interviews with him, and he is, he is very assured of his talents, and he's a very talented guy. Um, but yeah, the uh, uh, I, in my head it always been Toby Max. So Toby, I, I I I forgive me for for conflating you with this. I the thing is, Jesus Freak contains as a hidden track, um, a um, a little um, poem called "Alas, My Love," and it's um, it's kind of the same thing where it's just someone reading a poem over some kind of like background music. And it's actually the same kind of thing in Jesus freak. It's the same music that opens the song. Um, I want to ask Matt, you, you memorized this, didn't you? No, I did not. You I didn't. Okay. Forgot. I actually Are forgot you... that it existed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cause it sounds like something. This you is the, this is the revolution nine of this album. <laughs> uh, or is this something you, you you avidly skipped when you were listening to I, it? I I skipped it listening this time. To be honest <laughs> with you, I don't even. I, you guys started talking about it. I'm like, oh crap, we're going to talk about that. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> Here's another thing our fans can do: they can record themselves reading dramatically the lyrics to this song. And you can't really oh call it a song. If if our fans would interact with stuff like that, you would be my new heroes. I would love to hear dramatic readings of this i would love to see music videos cut together do some you, of these songs that we talk about do you, uh, do you, do you i really... would even love to i would even love a board game version of spot the cocaine and fleetwood mac <laughs> <laughs> um um so here you go uh this is um i i, I looked it up on metrolyrics.com because i wanted to look at the words and there's a gray box that says Unfortunately, we aren't authorized to display these lyrics. Why not check out other hot songs below? <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's see what A to Z lyrics says. Oh, it's got it. Okay. All right, Chuck, why don't you, why don't you hold off on the lyrics and let's go out with your dramatic reading <laughs> of the lyrics. Oh, okay. I feel bad, Kevin. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Is this going to be? Are we going to end on this? Are we? Do we have anything else we need to say? Um, no, we've, we've. I might said... have some final thoughts. 
All right, let's do final thoughts. I will close out reading this after we do the whole good journey thing. Uh, My final thoughts. Um, Like I said before, not that different from my initial thoughts. It's definitely what I expected it to be. It's fine. It's not great, but it didn't hurt me, except for a a couple of songs. uh, you could say since since you've listened, it's been all right. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> um, but I will say, you know, this album is really sort of like um, it's kind of a testament to why I didn't listen to Christian music when I was young, at least as much as you guys did. I listened to a, a fair amount, but not that much. I. I, I and it's not because I thought it was lame or whatever, um, but it, because I feel like the purpose of albums like these, um, and I'm not trying to come down on DC Talk, I think they really did set out to make good music because, you know, they are very acclaimed. And, you know, for you guys to sing their praises for albums like Jesus Freak, that tells me that they are. They do see themselves as, as, as true artists trying to make great music, trying to do something different, trying to do something enriching and fun and mem- and memorable. Um, but I feel I just this album feels like I feel like an industry is trying to distract me. Like, I feel like, you know, we talked a lot about Christian alternatives yeah. Now it's just sort of like a cashing in on what's popular and b trying to drive an audience away from something else. So like I feel like this is something that like a lot of youth pastors would have preferred I listen to instead of some other album that was like secular. You know, like to me this is sort of like a like a pat like a trying to pacify somebody. And you get that because, like I said, we, we they the songs they run together, you know. There's nothing special about it, and there there's plenty of secular albums that are like that too. Um, but when I think of this particular industry, and their their modus operandi is totally to be an alternative, and it's totally to take you away from something else, and that's why. This is why I kind of avoided Christian music when I was growing up because I always felt like. You're not trying to make my life better. You're trying to like take me away from something I already love, and it, and insert something like this, which is like something not very memorable and, and something that's just kind of used to like pacify me. So that's that, those are my thoughts. So I spent a lot of my teenage years hanging out in Long's Christian Bookstore in in Orlando, um, just outside, just 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 like east of downtown. And Keelan, our, our podcast friend, used to work there. Um, and it was cool because Christian record stores did something that a lot of regular record stores uh, didn't do. I think Virgin was about the only one that did this, is they would let you listen to records before you bought them. Mm-hmm. And I, um, so I would spend hours just, they had these little machines, you could take a CD, you could scan it, and it would play like samples of, of, all, of, of everything that was on the, re- on the album. And so I would spend hours, just hours listening and looking for music because um, I discovered MXPX because I was into Green Day, but I knew Green Day was off limits for me. And then I found MXPX randomly and they were a punk band and I was, and I, I liked them and I, I actually liked them legitimately, not because they were like a replacement. 
or any of that. But I spent hours listening to, I mean, finding records like, like bands like Starflyer 59 that are doing, I mean, now that I know that they're, they're replicating some shoegaze rock from the 90s, they don't sound as original to me as they did then. But, I mean, just layered guitar bands, um, um, Joy Electric, which is, again, this bleep bloop uh, synthesizer band, um, um, ska. I mean, I found a lot of very. I mean, I found a lot of the Pe- the Pep Squad, which is their first album, is to me one is still my one of my favorite records, and it's just such a weird album. So I found some really really great Christian stuff in that record store, and found some people that were really trying to just be good musicians while being Christian. Right. Um, and I feel like some record companies like Tooth and Nail, which maybe we could do a whole episode on Tooth and Nail records. I think they were doing some really amazing work um, in that. And then you have Jars of Clay, which got mainstream appeal, which their first record to me is super unique because they're an all-acoustic rock band, but they're not like a folky rock band. They're like just, you know, they are, they, they, they have a very unique, distinct sound. And I feel like there was this period of time in the mid-90s, like 94 to 96, where Christian musician, musical groups were allowed to be artists. And I feel like Jesus Freak was what opened that up in the recording industry. I think it is a landmark album in and of itself, regardless of just the Christian world. I think it is a landmark piece of music. And then I listened to Supernatural and it's just such a letdown because it doesn't, it's like what you're saying, JP. It's like, you can hear that these are talented guys. They all have great voices. Um, the guys, everyone playing music on it are competent musicians. They clearly got into what they're doing in order to make good music. Um, right. but the, the end product just sounds like vanilla, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just one of those things where, um, you wonder what happened along the way. Um, and I can't imagine what, a, I mean, I can't remember when this came out, but all I can remember is that I bought it and I never listened to it. And it, it beat jar, it beat Jesus freak in terms of, um, like first week sales. If I read if I read correctly, but it's really telling that it doesn't have a good Wikipedia page, but you can get pick up Jesus Frigg's Wikipedia page and it is very in depth into the process and everything about this record, about that record. Yeah, and this record I was surprised it went it went like double platinum. Yeah, it, I mean it, it sold huge, yeah. but. I don't, it just doesn't have for me, I know Matt had, you know, Matt's feelings on it are the same feelings that I have with um, Plank Eyes Commonwealth, which is a, a Christian rock band that I think most people wouldn't like. But when I listened to it, I remember being 14 and skateboarding at Badlands Skate Park. Um, um, this just, it just seems like such a letdown because it doesn't have a statement. Um, it's just, it's just songs. And it sounds so capitalistic. Like it's it's yeah. it's there to ma- like you're saying, JP. If 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 I give me, I interpret your words right. It's there to maximize profits. It's it's to further their own market and to take people out of a different market and into their own. Right. That's like DC Talk is a sellable brand, but yeah. whoever like is selling their brand doesn't actually like the thing that they're producing. And so here yeah. we're gonna make you because again, there's no rap in this. Toby Mac is still a highly respected rap artist in the Christian world. That's a distinct thing about DC Talk. And they did a good job with, um, with Free at Last and Jesus Freak of blending that with some more um, rock material. Um, and then they completely abandoned it on Supernatural. This doesn't sound like anything else that band had produced. 
Um, so, so yeah. So I just I think it's a I don't know. It's just it's kind of a. Mm. That's why that's why Matt I said it. It sounds like the B side to Jesus yeah. Freak. <laughs> oh no, I agree. And I I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my final thoughts, and then I have to okay. get my good journey because I gotta meet my my daughter and my mom for for lunch. Okay. Um, okay. And then I'm gonna look forward to hearing Chuck's dramatic reading when I get to listen to the episode. Um, so here's my final thoughts. Something else the Christian music industry did when you went to Christian bookstores, um, they let you listen to them before you bought them, and I agree that that was cool. They also had these signs that were like, "Oh yeah, if you like Green Day, <laughs> then you'll like." It's yeah. like if you like Green Day, you'll like Audio Adrenaline. No, and yeah, it's well. never, it's never even close. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah, they were never like the one close. I always joke about so, is if you like Rage Against the Machine, you'll love Audio Adrenaline. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's my final thoughts on this album. It kind of feels like if I walked into the Christian bookstore, there would be a big sign that says, "If you like DC Talk, you'll like Supernatural." Uh. <laughs> That's, that's my good. final thoughts. That's Ooh, good. That's, so, that's kind of scathing. <laughs> I'm Ouch. going to. That's deep. That cuts I'm deep. I'm going to leave you with that as my final thoughts, and then I've got to do my good journey. All right, Matt. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, thank you so much for fun. Yeah, thank you so much for recommending this album, Matt. Uh, it was fun. Absolutely, it was fun <laughs> to talk about. And uh, good journey, Matt Wells. Good journey. Okay, so uh, that was Supernatural by DC Talk. Um, next week, we're going to have a longtime friend of the podcast, Father Fun. Who hasn't been on in a us. long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. And um, as you remember, he joined us last year with a great album by The Who. Um, it was, what was, what was the name of the album? I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. It was The Who. It was great. We had a really fun time. Go back and listen to it. Uh, he's coming back next week, and uh, I don't know what he's bringing, um, but I'll, I'll announce it at the end of the episode. Uh, but for now, uh, we're going to end this episode with Father Chuck reading There is a Treason at Sea, written by Ken and Max. Or, as it's credited in the album, by Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <clears throat> I am solo in this world of water. Only the tip of a sunrise visible. Like the morning light in a little girl's eyes, I crave this freedom. I find it only in this little ship, just my soul and this bread and butter. I am comfortable, but there is a treason at sea. Is it me? It is a wonder, supernatural cover of war. The dark ones who eternal in damnation grow set about me now, how they whine and crow. I am solo in this world of wet Sorry. <laughs> and bitter is my temperament. I close the door to sentiment. I relish all my youth. I realize that I am doomed. Fear of love and fear of you. But you give me the keys to paradise. It is you who sympathize. You and your perfection grow. I am cradled in your ocean's throw. I crave your freedom in this little ship. For you alone can chart my trip. And like these waves, I lose my grip. And I sink into your arms. Good journey. I heard your record on the telephone. <laughs> it was my cousin Joan. <laughs> uh, Good journey. Good journey. Good journey. 
Hey gang, it's JP at the end of the episode. Uh, just dropping in to let you know about next week's episode of Music Mayhem. Uh, as we said before, we're going to have a guest host, Father Fun, like last year. Um, and he is bringing Hamilton. That's right, the smash Broadway hit written by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda Hamilton. Uh, so we hope you can join us next week. Uh, really excited about it. I haven't listened to it. Uh, I listened to parts of it. It's pretty good. And I hear it's a pretty all right play. I hear it. It's, it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's making its rounds and some people are liking it. So, uh, go ahead and, uh, go to your Apple musics and your YouTubes. And, um, you know, if you own the album, dust that baby off and give it a listen to, and, uh, come back next week and listen to us rap about Hampton. Not really rap. I don't know. Maybe maybe Father Chuck will rap. Anyway, good journey. Thanks for listening. Bye.